You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> some people don't uh, I, read Twitter, by the way. So some people, there are probably people who only listen to this podcast and don't necessarily yes. interact with us otherwise. So they have no idea what you're talking about, and I should probably just let you talk. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, the Athletic Wisconsin. Um, I had a number of you reach out with concern over not getting an affiliate named, but uh, you know, rest rest assured, um, it's the Athletic Wisconsin that I work for. So uh, any small town that you have, I represent you. Um, I'll figure out if we got some offices that I need to stop by. We can get all that figured out. But uh, today, I officially joined. The Athletic, uh, and sent out my infamous why I'm joining The Athletic tweet, uh, and everyone got to read that. So kind of a little bit of exciting news there. Um, I I think it maybe speaks to the power of this podcast, but many of the responses were, wait, what does that mean for Lockdown Bucks? Um, So all of you, it's all good. I can still do Lockdown Bucks. Uh, We might have to change things around a little bit. Um, When we do things, the time that we record, things like that. But um, I'm still totally capable of doing Lockdown Bucks. So don't worry. Your your current routine will not get upset. Uh, I will still be able to do Lockdown Bucks. And then I will be able to cover the Bucks uh, at an even even greater level. I, I won't be doing any of the other things that I used to do at ESPN Milwaukee. And I'm very thankful for my time at ESPN Milwaukee, but I will not be doing any of those other things. I will be focused on the Bucks 24-7 and uh, just grinding away on the Bucks beat. Uh, so it's very exciting. And I I, I mean, I've, I've started, so I can't say I can't wait to get started because I have started. Um, but I can't wait for you guys to, you know, follow along with me uh in the bucks and all the fun stuff we do over at the athletic. Uh, do you want to give people more of an ath- a background on what the athletic is? Because they've only sort of recently gotten things started in Wisconsin. And obviously, I mean, you are the hire for them on the bucks front. So if you are living in a, you know, a cocoon of only bucks stuff, there's really no, would have been no reason for you to like read, subscribe, have background in the athletic. So Maybe give people a little bit of background on the athletic, and um, you know why they should be happy to give the athletic money to read to read your stuff. Um, because I've I've been a subscriber since well before I knew that you were going to be writing for them. So um, I'm living proof that it's uh, you know uh, a great. I, I mean, it's I, I think of it as like a product, really. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. you know it's not a typical sort of um, just another kind of. You know, I mean, obviously, I used to write for for SB Nation and Brew Hoop, and love doing that. But it's a different model with the athletic. Why don't you give people a little bit of background on it and 
um, kind of how it works and, and what they're doing. Because I think the important thing is we're, you'll talk about like subscribers being a subscriber and, you know, you've got a discount code you can offer people. Um, but it's not just for you. It's for Packers, Brewers and every other team and city that they cover now. Yeah. So, I mean, the athletic is subscription based, as Frank mentioned. So you can, I believe, with the current discount that you can get 30% off at the athletic slash NBA expansion, which obviously I'm a part of. Um, if you go to that right now, you can get a 30% off uh, for your for the year. So that takes it to about $40 for the year um, that you can sign up for the athletic. So, you know, that takes it down to uh, a couple bucks a month, like three something a month uh, if I'm good enough at math to actually do that right um, but it takes it down a little bit and I mean essentially the goal is to cover your local team as well as anyone can cover it like that is that is the goal they, they are grabbing the best and brightest of all of the writers um, in every city and you know they're trying to give them a platform where you know they don't have to worry about filling a certain amount of of posts of inches of, of anything like that, where everything is more quality based than quantity based. You're, you're not focused on getting all of the notes pieces out there. You're not uh, focused on getting 25 different articles about out there. You're, you're focused on getting really well-researched quality pieces out there where people can kind of dig into them. And uh, you as a writer, me as a writer, I'm able to kind of dig deep on things, which um, if you've, if you've listened to any of the monologues that we've given on Locked on Bucks, I think you know that both both Frank and I are, are quite interested in going deeper on things than, than maybe going over a wide variety of topics we'd rather go deep on on a topic or a subject so that's kind of what i'm allowed to do at the athletic and that'll be what i'm allowed to do for all of you but yeah like you said it isn't just a basketball website it is a sports website and we have great writers at the athletic wisconsin that cover the milwaukee brewers uh they started doing the brewers mid-season this year i think that was maybe june or july uh they've have three packers writers uh, michael cohen who's fantastic and then uh, ben fennel who i just love he does all of like the nerdy film breakdowns of all 22 so all of the nerdy x's and O stuff i do for basketball he does for football um so Oh, and we have Jesse Temple that does the Wisconsin Badgers. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in Wisconsin sports, that's the one place to go. But you don't just also get Wisconsin. You get everything that's on the athletics. That means you get those same ideas in literally every city. You can go to any NBA town um, and get that information. So I think that's about as much uh, about the athletic. I think that kind of sums up the athletic. Unless there's there's just anything else you think uh, you would want to toss in there, Frank. Well, I was just going to say it works out well, though, because, you know, the athletic does have sort of this, you know, kind of regional slash city model, right? So in Wisconsin, it's the athletic Wisconsin. Um, in other places, it's, you know, by, by the major cities. Um, so I feel like we can continue to play our, our little game, as you were alluding to, where <laughs> we um, make up and act as though uh, you are uh, affiliated, that there's some uh, affiliate in random cities throughout Wisconsin. Um 
I feel like we never really referenced the original joke. Um, and again, as, as we, I think we have, have alluded to how confusing it might be for people who just randomly start listening to us that you start talking about ESPN affiliates in really random places. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's a joke. It's probably not funny <laughs> to, to most people, um, but we're, it's, it's tradition. And so now we're just going to roll with it. And, uh, you know, the athletic Horicon, the athletic Shyocton, um, uh, the athletic, all these different. The great news is you get, and, and I'm, I'm not making any money off this, so I'm, but I'm going to shill for you here. The great news for all you athletic subscribers like myself is I know that I'm getting that quality athletic Shyocton content <laughs> as part of my overall subscription. I don't have to pay extra, you know, for uh, for the athletic Lomira or or whatever um it, it all is just part of uh part of the package so anyway okay i think we've done enough shilling um do we have any actual basketball to talk about we talked about a game that we didn't see yesterday so that was really um you know uh that's why see that's why the podcast is still free eric's content may now be behind a paywall but the podcast is still free <laughs> it's, you still have to put up with me and i, I, I can't justify charging anybody for my opinions but um did anything happen today eric that, so, that justified discussion well, there was a really interesting quote last night, um, and, and I don't know if you you got to see this at all, but there was a quote from Jeff Teague after the game. Yeah, and I, I mean, I when I first saw it, I tweeted it out that you know it's probably more displeasing to Timberwolves fans than it is pleasing to Bucks fans, um, but I did still think like. That it, that it did actually say something. And this was his quote from after the game. You can tell the teams who got together over the summer. I think those guys spent a lot of time together over the summer. You can tell. We didn't see each other until the season started, so we got a little more time to get right, but we've got to hurry up. And I just thought it was, I thought it was incredibly interesting because, you know, when you think through you think of all these BS storylines and narratives, right? And one of the big ones is, oh yeah, this team really got together over the summer and, and really worked out. And, you know, these guys just love each other. And, you know, that, that training camp or mini camp or optional team activity that wasn't optional or whatever you want to call that time in New York, like, oh, it really brought the team together. And, you know, like, I feel like when it first initially got reported on and we first talked about it. Like I wouldn't have blamed any of our listeners for being like, yeah, that's bullshit. Like that doesn't mean anything. And again, you're, you're, you're comparing the bucks to a Timberwolves team that is in just utter disarray. So I understand the standard that's being drawn here, but just the fact that an NBA veteran like Jeff Teague would, would say, Hey, um, we clearly don't have our shit together, but they do. I I mean, I I do think there's maybe a little something to that. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly more, I think it says more than, you know, the usual cliches that we're used to seeing from, you know, players talking about their own teams, right. Um, the media day type type fodder. Uh, so that was certainly interesting. Uh, I guess the flip side you could say as well, the wolves are such a disaster and, and, so much dysfunction right now, you know, starting with the Jimmy Butler situation. And, um, you know, I certainly Teague uh, in many ways was sort of alluding to, to obviously the fact that 
their, you know, well, their best player basically just, you know, decided two weeks before camp that he no longer wanted to be there. Nice timing, Jimmy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know if that says more about the Bucks or the Wolves, um, but I think it at least does say something about the Bucks. And, uh, you know, as we talked about, I mean, look, especially offensively, I mean, the Bucks have been firing on all cylinders in terms of putting up massive point totals in these first couple of games. So, um, you know, I, I there's there's got to be something to it, right? Um, we're we're used to the Bucks kind of coming out and not looking that great in preseason and just saying the you know running the old like, well, it's just a preseason, well, you know, it's not the real lineups, blah blah blah. Um, but hey, I mean, these aren't necessarily like teams you'd hold up as. Um, you know, the uh, gold standard, the Bulls and the Wolves. But, I mean, look, Wolves, I mean, the Wolves won, what, 47 games last year, something like that, 47, 48. Granted, Butler yeah. was a key part of that. But um, this isn't like the Bulls team we saw in Milwaukee either, right? Like, they, they should be decent, right? Like, Carlton Towns we saw as or not saw, we saw in a box score that Carlton Towns uh, is, is way better than anybody the Bulls have right now. And, they certainly have some other players that, that can play. Uh, and Derrick Rose didn't even play yesterday, so we can't even blame the Wolves sucking on Derrick Rose. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, hey, all you can do is play play the teams that are on the schedule. And Tuesday, we're going to see the Bucks play uh, in Oklahoma City against the Thunder team that's obviously, um, you know, a, a step up above certainly the competition they've faced so far. So one, one game at a time. You just hope they take care of business each time and um, – I, we only have two more preseason games, right? Am I? That's that's. It's crazy. Yeah. No. I, I thought it was kind yeah. of funny. Um, I uh, I for, oh, you know what it was? I uh, you familiar with the movie Invincible, starring Mark Wahlberg, about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles player who? Yes, yeah. I'm aware. So of I I was I, I saw the movie. You know, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, moderate, moderately entertaining. And I was just looking up sort of like the background on it, and um. I knew that the, I mean, I think most kind of sports fans probably are aware that the NFL used to have only 14 regular season games per season. Um, but back when they had 14 games per season, um, and I don't know if this was always the case, but there was at least a period where they played six preseason games. So 30% of the games that a team <laughs> didn't count. Isn't that insane? <laughs> like, they're playing it's crazy. twenty total games, and six of them were exhibitions that didn't count. Versus, you know, I mean, now it's obviously like things have swung in, in a, the other direction. Yeah, I mean, obviously the NFL, like obviously, has, has swung now with fewer preseason games, more regular season games. Now it's only twenty percent don't count, I guess. Right? You, wait, do you still play four, or is it three preseason games in the NFL? I can't. I don't even remember. Four. Four. Okay. Um, and obviously, there are reasons why the NFL would have longer preseasons, just because like there's a lot more players and. I don't know, like evaluation maybe is harder or something. I'm giving them the benefit of that. But um, but think about it. The NBA has 82 regular season games, and now we only have four four, four preseason games, the same number as uh, as the NFL, which is, is just funny. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, screw the preseason. Screw not being able to watch basketball <laughs> games on television, which uh, you know I feel like is we, we've become very entitled to feeling like we should be able to watch and or at least hear every every possible game uh but look it's 2018 i think that's a reasonable demand and um you know like hey timberwolves if you're gonna play games not in an nba arena 
like demand that they have the ability to broadcast the game first. You know, <laughs> uh, that's on Minnesota. That's on the Timberwolves, man. Yeah. Like Iowa, come on, we're not we're it's not dragging game. everybody yeah. over to friggin' Iowa. Um, shout out to Iowa native Dustin Godsey, uh, Bucks chief marketing officer. Sorry, Dustin, uh, don't mean to crap on your home state. <laughs> um, but uh, except that, except did. you just did. Um, by the way, uh, yeah, I. Uh, one of the wor- probably worst road trip of my life. Uh, we took my sister to college. I was probably thirteen or fourteen, thirteen years old. Uh, my mom and I went on a road trip. Uh, drove my sister to uh, Boulder, Colorado, where she went to college at the University of Colorado. Uh, we were driving back through Iowa. This would have been um, mid nineties at some point, and we we could not find okay. a hotel room. This was obviously pre, you know smartphone internet whatever so it was just like we didn't have a reservation so it was just like oh just pull off you know look for signs for hotels on the interstate and then just pull sure. off and and you know see if a room's available we must have stopped in like five places um everybody was just like oh there's there's no hotels because of the iowa state fair uh no hotels anywhere <laughs> in the entire state or something like that <laughs> we ended up sleeping we fortunately we had a dodge caravan so it was at least a spacious vehicle we slept in a Dodge Caravan at a rest stop overnight. It was, it was a low point. Um, shout out to my mom who's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a low point. So um, Iowa, yeah, hashtag not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to any Iowa Bucks fans out there uh, as well. As well, I'm apologizing. Uh, anyway, what what were we talking about? I, I totally lost my train of thought here. I think. I, we were talking about Jeff Teague's <laughs> comments about the Bucks looking like they played together in the summer. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was what we were talking about, and I don't know. I just think it's it's especially interesting because they're putting in a new system this year, and that's something that's kind of been striking to me about about this preseason is that you know there there haven't been a ton of you know, reports about, oh my gosh, we're so lost and we have no idea what's going on. And I think to some extent, they don't have any idea what's going on. I I know we heard Giannis after the first game say, I don't know really where my spots are quite yet. And I don't know when I should be attacking and I don't know when I'm supposed to go or not go. So like there is some of that, but I mean, I think results can kind of blind a, a little bit of all of that um, can kind of hide a little bit of all that from, from us because, you know, you just see, Oh my gosh, they're scoring all these points and they're shooting all these threes and everything it is so great and wonderful. And I mean, I do think there is a lot of things that are great and wonderful, like seeing actual space and an actual five out principles and actual shooting and, and guys really stretching the floor. Like that is all very good. Um, and, and that is all something that I, I think people can get excited about. So, uh, it is, it is kind of interesting to kind of think about, you know, what you would be thinking with a first year coach and, or like it, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out and sometimes you're, you're very confused and you don't know the system. And, uh, that doesn't appear to be the case thus far. And certainly there's some of it, but it hasn't been so overwhelmingly the case that, you know, the bucks look lost and said, it's a team that kind of looks like it's, it's regained purpose and 
and kind of refound what they should be doing and be thinking about. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it just kind of, to me, it, it's a little bit striking that everything seems to be going so well. And again, it's only two preseason games and uh, one was against a terrible Bulls team and the other was against a totally lost Wolves team. Um, so I, I don't know, but it, it, it is kind of, I think in some ways, at least a little bit surprising to hear so much good stuff. And, um, you know, that might be the way it's going to be, but it, it's just, it's comforting. (laughs) It's, it's nice to feel as though, uh, the team has direction, whether or not they're totally executing and whether or not everything is perfect. It feels like they know what they should be doing. They know what the goals are. And they know how to get there where last year you kind of think through everything and it was talking about 50 wins and a top five defense. And then you'd watch them play and you'd say nothing looks any different than when they were terrible defensively last year. And you'd look at the offense and you'd see all the same sets and you'd see all the same actions. And I don't know. I think this is a preseason where you can really have some, some rose colored glasses if you so choose. And I, I don't know if I would blame Bucks fans for throwing them on. Yeah, and it's going to be really, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they come out of the gates, right? If you know, I think you're always worried, like, well, new coaching staff and, you know, you're trying to get your bearings, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, might it take a little while to kind of figure things out? And, uh, I mean, obviously, again, two preseason games, not necessarily the, the stiffest competition you faced. Uh, but certainly if you can come out showing, you know, I think um, – a couple things, right? I think one, like the key players on this roster. I mean, it's not like they overturned half the roster coming from last year into this year. Um, you know, you had the Bledsoe acquisition in early November last year, and and so there was a degree of difficulty probably thrown in there just because they had they made a big acquisition, you know, after training camp a year ago. Yeah, now you true. have obviously your, your key guys have been around for and playing together for at least a year together. And then you've had a full training camp with a new coaching staff and granted, yep, new coaching staff, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen it in the past. Like it's not necessarily that like every team's going to need a lot of time to get used to each other. Right. Um, you know, the, the Celtics obviously didn't have a new coaching staff last year, but they had a ton of new guys on the roster a year ago relative to the previous season. And, they immediately came out and played awesome defense and won just a crap ton of games. Um, So I don't think there's really like necessarily a hard and fast rule as far as how, you know, difficult it is to kind of ramp up with like a new staff. Um, And again, obviously, you know, I mean, it's a preseason, so it's the time to be optimistic. Uh, (laughs) We'll see how we feel after the Oklahoma city game on, on Tuesday. Um, But certainly kind of a positive start. And one thing um, I don't know, did you see, did you see the um, feature that the Bucks had with Katie George interviewing um, Christian Wood and Dante DiVincenzo? Well, yes, actually, I know you saw that because we it had it's it's it it sort of had Dante DiVincenzo video hitting a three, <laughs> um, which we were joking about earlier. But um, I think it sounded like Christian Wood was alluding to the possibility slash likelihood of Giannis being rested on Tuesday and him getting more of a chance to play. Um, so that obviously would be a major development from a Bucks maintaining their perfect preseason perspective <laughs> if Giannis doesn't play. 
Um, and to be honest, I think if ever there was a game where, you know, you, you it would make some sense to hold them out. Uh, you know, the fact that you've got a game two days after your Sunday game and then you don't have another game until Friday, probably not a bad time to, to rest Giannis and, and maybe get a look at some of these other guys, especially if Ursan and Thonmaker are back in the lineup. And obviously you've got other guys like, like Wood and Zeller who you're trying to kind of make sense of how all these pieces fit together. So, um, so anyway, that, that's my, my random comment there. I, I don't know if you, you had any thoughts on secret. Dante. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, but, it was uh, perfect that, you know, as the video was, was going, like you can see the ball getting kicked out to Dante DiVincenzo and you're like, Oh my gosh, he's going to shoot a three. And then he just disappears from the shot. The ball goes in, um, but we have no way of knowing whether or not Dante DiVincenzo actually made that three. Um, we can we can assume the box score says he did, but you know we have no idea if it bounced off someone's head. Um, you know if he bounced it into the basket. We don't know. We have no idea. Um, so it'll have to remain a secret, Dante. Um, but that that'll be about it there. And. and- Go ahead. And just just to clarify, the reason why you couldn't see is because like literally the the camera angle was from the baseline, and so there was like <laughs> a mass of bodies. So so basically, you see the ball kicked out, and then the ball just comes like <laughs> flying out above the these guys who are in front of Dante, and then the ball goes in, and you see Dante running away. So it, it's sort of it's sort of like we're getting to the point where like Dante, um, Dante when he's like making threes is like a like a vampire in a a mirror or something like that. Like it just doesn't show up. Like you just, <laughs> something happens and you just can't, can't quite see, can't quite see him, him do it. So, um, I guess, you know, another day where we'll just have to wait to, to see it with our own eyes. I don't know offhand. I assume there is going to be some television stream of, of the Oklahoma city game, considering it's taking place in a real NBA city. Yeah. Um, I use, that, we I use that term loosely with, with, Oklahoma City, but well, that that was actually mean. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I assume there's going to be TV of the game tomorrow um, because I don't know if I can go two straight games knowing that the Bucks are playing and not being able to watch them. <laughs> uh, you are you're one sick man, Frank, that you can't go two preseason games uh, without without getting your Bucks. But that's that's good. That's why we have a podcast. Um, re like going back to kind of your Giannis theory, um, I, I just. It, when you think about the preseason, it's just so strange. Like you don't, you, you can have 20 roster spots, but you, you still suit up the same, like you, you still suit up 15 guys. You don't get to suit up 20. Um, so Wait, that, is that actually true. I, I had no idea that that's not true. Is it? Can't you suit up all those guys? And it's only you 13. Pl- you can't you can play only, them all. You can, you can only suit up 13 in, in the regular season. Can you really only suit up 13? That's not true. Right. You, can you play 20 guys in a preseason game? I feel like you can't. I feel like that was the reason why you needed to find guys to sit out in DNPs. Maybe that's a good Isn't question. it? That would be pretty stupid though, right? Like, there, why why would that be in a preseason? I mean, isn't that kind of defeating the purpose of preseason? That could be true. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. It just seems really dumb if you can't play. That was why than- I, that's why I always assumed they found a way to get the guys out. That's a good question. So I'm going to... So here's this is this is great radio, by the way. Um, <laughs> a little inside lockdown here yeah, as Frank well, goes searching for. Yeah, it. Think, I'm going to let you I search think, for well, it. I think, you're, I think you're probably so. I see. Yeah, I see eight guys played for the Bucks yesterday. So 13 total. Yeah. So and Jalen Morris and and Shabazz Muhammad were were DNPs. 
in addition to other guys. And then, uh, well, <laughs> the Wolves, the wolf, of course the Wolves didn't play 13 guys. The Wolves only played uh, 11 guys because Tibbs going to Tibbs. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm look, I was looking at one other random box score from yesterday and it seems kind of because everyone thinks, that's, that's really stupid, right? It's like, I'm just thinking like the, um, uh, it, I'm just thinking of like, uh, like friendlies in soccer where they can have, Oh, you can just you play can, everybody. You as many yeah, subs you as you sell, want. You have more than three subs. You have, I don't know. I think you have unlimited subs, right? Um, but but it just seems like really stupid that you would uh, that you would not be able to. Act. <laughs> well, actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Eric. I'm Did you find something more? Spurs Rockets box score from yesterday. My wife is a Rockets fan, as you know, so I jumped to this. All right, five starters for the Spurs. I'm going to count off the number of guys that played on the off the bench. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11. 16 guys played for the that, Spurs. So maybe it's not. I always just assumed that they found a way to get guys out. Yeah, well, maybe just the reality. Like, it's just hard to play a ton and ton of guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah, how... Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's more of what we're what we're seeing evidence of. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the... Um, I'm looking at the Jazz game as well. They also played an absolute ton of dudes. So... Um, so maybe yeah. it's just personal choice, like trying to yeah. figure out what kind of rotation you can actually handle. Because it's I funny, say- I've never even heard anybody t- talk about this, but it's uh, obviously it's something we should we should have known. But because um, eighteen feels is- pretty unwieldy, like uh, yeah, that's why this, that's why this podcast is free because we, <laughs> we don't know things. If you had written about it, you would have done the research. But this Correct. is really kind of like a free form, you know, <laughs> comedians workshopping things in small clubs type thing. Like you never know what you're going to get. It's going to be rough around the edges. Um, but, but you know, apologies. You're just gonna have to live with it. Yeah. You can deal with it. Um, speaking of things that were well researched and written, um, by the time this podcast will play, it's going to be Tuesday morning, which means it'll be October 9th, which means, my book will be released. I, I wrote a book uh, and you have one, if you follow me on Twitter, but you kind of blew my mind when you're like, you know, not everyone is on Twitter. And I just, I think I kind of take that for granted. I always assume that people are on Twitter. Most, yeah, um, most people don't know that, that, that you are a young adult romance novelist. Um, <laughs> but you are. That's another How great would that be? There you are another that's another dimension of your your life. Um, <laughs> no, that's not. You wrote you wrote exactly the book that we would expect Eric name of Locked on Bucks slash the Athletic Shy Octon to write, which was one hundred things Bucks fans should know and do before they die, which is part of a larger series about, you know, one hundred things that you know a lot of different franchises and their fans should be thinking about. Um, but yeah, I wrote that during last season, which I got to say, if if I was really trying to prepare myself to go on the road with an NBA team and totally exhaust myself, last season was not bad practice. I, I will say that because uh, many times recording this podcast, you got to hear me curse and tell you how miserable I was and you just kind of had to deal with that because I was tired all the time and not sleeping and it was, it was miserable, but now there's a book and the book is not miserable. Well, actually it's about the history of the buck. So there's, there's some level of misery involved in it. Um, But you know, the first chapter is about a championship. So that's nice. I mean, the Uh, the title is about death. So that is true. 
That is like, true. Like I feel like I, I the first time I saw it, I was like, are all the other things in the series like more about like life oriented, like things you should do <laughs> in your life or know and as you're living? Life? Yeah. And the Bucks ones it's like things you should know or <laughs> see or do. That would be hilarious. Die. Yeah. That would if it was Buck specific, yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah. I'd be I'd be very into it. But yeah, um it was a lot of fun. I hope people will enjoy it. Um, I don't really know. I've never promoted or attempted to sell people on a book before. Um, but uh, I feel like this is my time. You've never read, never read a book before. So <laughs> that, that would also have been very interesting. Um, so yeah, I hope people like it. Um, I do know that, uh, a couple of our friends in the media have gotten a copy of it. Uh, our friend Mitchell Marr at uh, Brew Hoop has gotten a hold of it, and he told me it was terrible. Um, no, he did not tell By me. The way, it was I don't have it yet, um, but it's not because I didn't order it. It's just because there seems to be, uh, let's just say, inconsistencies in when um, these new release books get shipped. So uh, if if you ordered it, if you ordered it, don't feel left out. I didn't haven't gotten it either yet from from Amazon. I think I bought it from. And also, I I should have because I could have done this for you. I should have talked to the publishing folks and been like, "Hey, I know this guy in this podcast, Locked On Bucks. Um, he'd be interested in having me on as a guest and talking to me about the book. Um, so maybe you could send him a book. Um, I could have done that. I didn't do that. Um, selfishly, I was just trying to get you to pay for it. Um, so uh, that's on me. I, I could have done that for you and gotten you an early copy of the book, but ultimately I failed. Got to support, got to support my bro. I, I'm, I'm paying full price, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, Frank. So yeah, my book comes out today. I'm excited about it. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably see some tweets about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. If- what was your, what was your, what was your favorite? Um, what was your favorite sort of you know chapter to write? There's there's a couple that are really fun. Fifty nine is a favorite. Um, it is about uh, the lighted up song, which is near and dear to my heart. Mm. Um, so that one is a fun one. Um, and then, strangely enough, I mean, all of the eighties bucks and I, I, there's a number of chapters on eighties bucks players and eighty bucks teams. Like, I just found myself falling deeper and deeper into the whole of eighties bucks as you know, like you think about how good these teams were. You think about how innovative Don Nelson was. You think about how freaking good Sidney Moncrief was like five years in a row, all NBA, all defensive team. Like that's insanely good. Like think about like a modern day equivalent of that. Like that's Kawhi. Like that's what Sidney Moncrief was. And then like knee injuries ruined his career, but like they had him. Marcus was awesome. Um, like there's just, so, uh, those teams were fascinating. And then the fact that they never won. And it's like just the idea of the human struggle you go through and trying to compete in athletics. And then you never get the payoff because they would either run into the Sixers or they'd run into the Celtics and when they beat the Sixers, they lose the Celtics. When they beat the Celtics, they lose the Sixers. Like it was just brutal. Um, but uh, which is appropriate for Bucks history. But that team was awesome. And then, honestly, uh, you know, writing about like Johnny Mac, um, like just the fact that 
the Mac funds started on the night he retires, like his Jersey retirement night at halftime, he goes out there and decides to start the Mac fund with Eddie Doucette. And like, think about what the Mac fund is now. Like that's all Johnny Mac. Like he started it and he's promoted it and he's gotten people behind it. And now like, think about how many millions of dollars they've raised, like the, the wings and hospitals that are from the Mac fund and like all the children that they've helped out. And like, it's just a basketball player that played for the bucks, (laughs) like, like Mr. Buck, the original buck. Like that is how this incredible charitable organization got started like that. It's just crazy to me. Um, so that, that one ended up being really fun. Um, and yeah, I think, I think those are the ones I circle, like light it up. A lot of fun. The eighties bucks, a lot of fun. Um, Johnny Mac and the Mac fun was a lot of fun. Also like thinking about, the the juxtaposition of how I thought about the big three bucks when I was a kid and how I think about them now, like while researching them, like, man, like why didn't, why didn't anybody ever trust George Carl? He was a snake. Um, like I end up thinking that and like reading the, the national perspective of George Carl and his huge contract and, you know, like what people kind of thought of like the trade that he makes with Ray Allen and then like the local, the local one and like how much Bucks fans kind of supported him because, you know, they hadn't had a good team in a while and he was kind of this like cult figure. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of really interesting stuff in there that, you know, when you think of how you learned about these things or what you heard about, something and then when you actually research it like it's very different so hopefully people can read it and have some of those same realizations or thoughts yeah and and let me let me ask you this then what was the hardest story to write was there one that just like you just couldn't couldn't crack hmm so maybe my biggest regret on the book is i love sam cassell punting a basketball against the washington wizards in 2002 like it's it's an iconic You're moment. Talking my language right here. It's it's absolutely incredible. But like I I had Sam Cassell before a Bucks Clippers game a couple of years back, and I was just getting into punting the basketball when he got called away, like to help out a player or something. So I didn't get to like get to that question. And then like I had Darvin Ham, and I talked to Darvin Ham, but he didn't want to like, I mean the dude put into basketball during a basketball game is awesome. Um, but like Darvin Ham, like didn't want to throw his guy under the bus. Like, so like none of like nothing really came together on it. Like where I could feel like I gave, I, I didn't feel like I could give that story like exactly what it deserved. And it's just like the most like perfect absurdist, like strange buck story. Um, and I loved it and I couldn't get it in the book. Like I couldn't find a way to make it work where like I had enough meat on the bone other than me writing Sam Cassell punted a basketball into the MCI center crowd. And it was awesome a hundred times. Like I didn't have any more material than that. Yeah. It's weird. I, I remember watching that live and I don't, I'm trying to think how I watched it live. Um, because I was in college at the time 
And I just I just Googled the date. It looks like it was March 29th, 2002. So I'm like trying to think like why I would And you can find the video of it now. Yeah, like yeah, I tweeted out the video that. the other day. Yeah, and I um it's kind of funny because um this is a very deep frank Twitter cut. Um but there have been a number of times over the years where I've been so uh annoyed and angry with the Bucks that I've made reference to punting the basketball out of frustration. <laughs> um and I know Dan Schaefer and Jeremy Schmidt like have cataloged when I make references to this. Um, and I, I, there was one in particular where I used a vulgarity in reference to, um, I believe it, it was not directed at Bano Udre, but it was basically like it alluded to (laughs) Bano Udre walking back onto the court and punting the ball into the stands because F it, man, that was like what I, that was, was, I said subsweeted something to that effect because that was that like annoyed with those. And it was again, not directed at Bano Udre, but basically Bano was sort of, the embodiment and like was carrying out my rage for me in that, in that tweet. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so, and, and it all basically started with Sam Cassell because, you know, I mean, what, what greater way to show your frustration than to take the ball and propel it as far as, as possible away from the playing court. Um, yes. so, shout out to Sam Cassell. Um, you know, the the originator of the big balls dance, or at least the NBA version thereof. I don't think anybody did it before him, did they? I think that's um mm, no, I don't think so. Um so uh anyway, that's that's a good one. I'm uh I, that one was would have been near and dear to my heart if, if I don't know what the story is about like I don't I'm not saying there's a Correct. chapter in a book about it, but I just it was just amusing to uh to to watch it happen. And it was like a game where like Jordan like lit up the Bucks, and then like as I was watching it, it was like, oh, they had Mark Pope on Jordan, like even old Jordan, like that's it's just offensive. Um, and it was like, okay, I can see why you're frustrated. And it was in, in the middle of that terrible o one o two season where like everything was going wrong, and it was like I can totally understand why he did it, but also like. I was never going to find enough to like write a chapter about it. So that's my biggest regret, which uh, I, I mean, maybe that's not a huge regret, but to me it is a huge regret because I desperately wanted that in my book. Totally natural. Uh, 100 <laughs> things to do before you die, punt a basketball off of a uh, NBA court. Um, yeah. Right. Five, like five. how great, how great would that feel? It would, it would be incredible. So uh, that, and, that did not make I think Tracy McGrady also punted a basketball at some point. Um, Oh, maybe he did. Um, yeah, I think we need to at some point do like a breakdown of um, a cataloging of the punted of, basketballs. Of, yeah, and I think Sam, um, I think Sam punted it much better than uh, than than Mac, but I, I could be wrong. Um, so anyway, that's 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 all I've got on that front. Um, any other thoughts on on the book? I'm, I mean, if I ever get it, I don't read books anymore because um, I'm an internet person now. <laughs> So this is really going to be testing of me to, to actually have to go read a read a book, but um, I feel like it'll make me a better Bucks podcaster, um, <laughs> as if I show much pride in my ability to podcast about the Bucks. But <laughs> uh, but hopefully I'll have a little bit more knowledge because that's a, that I will I will say like the history of the the franchise is is definitely like I mean that's my obvious weak spot right like I feel like I understand you know everything that's currently happening or recently happening in the last few years. I mean, I've, I wrote 
over a thousand posts about the Milwaukee Bucks at, while I was at Brewery, yeah. right? Which actually, it was even more than that. I think I think it might have been like close to two thousand or something like that, which is insane yeah. depending on how much time you know you spend doing that. Um, sure. But obviously, like things that happened in the eighties. I mean, I was you know a little kid living in Germany at the time who had no idea I'd, I would ever even live in Wisconsin. So I'm I'm I have no I have no you know connection to what how was happening then and. Obviously, it's not like we can just snap our fingers and go watch, you know, games from from that time. So, um, so I do uh, I do kind of miss uh, not having that that knowledge. Which sometimes I do meet fans who are a bit older who can, you know, just sort of talk about that stuff. And it's like, oh, I just I I got nothing on that. Yeah, that was, that was kind of the thing I felt like better about was that you know. I would say that's my blind spot as well, being like a younger person. And then you look up in the rafters and. You know, you see a jersey like Bobby Dandridge and you're like, I know he was good and, you know, like he's on the championship team and, you know, but like, was he like that good? And then, you know, like you do, I got to do some research and I was like, oh, Bobby D was a badass. And he was like way ahead of his time as far as like social activism goes. And I was like, man, Bobby D is really fascinating. And like all I think about, of him is you know like his numbers retired and his nickname's the greyhound like that's that's what i know about like this great bucks figure and like that was the thing that that really made me feel feel good at the end of it was like i felt i had had a much greater knowledge of bucks history and i will say um i think if if there's one thing as i like read through it once it was completed i wondered about was like was I maybe too thorough on Bucks history and like not playing the hits quite enough? But I also felt like my my greatest responsibility was to actually tell the story of the Bucks. And you know, I, I will get to do another edition of this, and you know, maybe I can swap out some of the nerdier history stories for Giannis's stink face and uh, a couple more Giannis playoff games and an MVP season and more on Mike Boonholz or like I can switch some of that stuff out. And um, to me, I like, I, I kind of wanted to get a base of like, this is a very thorough history of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I do feel like I executed on that game plan and maybe I didn't hit play the hits quite enough, but I think it's very thorough and I'm proud of it. And I hope people Excellent. will go well, on by I'm it. looking forward to it. Um, and I think we, we've crammed all the Eric names self-promotion into a single podcast. So, um, <laughs> you know, for Frank Madden, I'm Eric name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.